Welcome back. December 27th, Birds of a Feather, the co edition. Starting off with your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess. Hey ho. It is now four days away from a new year, and we are still complaining about the same crap. But the difference is from last we potted, we were discussing another loss. So this time we're discussing a win that feels like a loss. Welcome to Birds of a Feather, where everybody has the same reaction to the Eagles beating the Giants. Ho-hum, they're supposed to beat them. It would have been more eventful had this been the 49ers game, or the, this was the Dallas game, or hell, even last Monday night's uh, horrific Seahawks game that ended pretty much in the most embarrassing fashion um, as it started. Well, actually, no, it started pretty well. But let's just be honest. As much as we're happy that they won, they were supposed to beat the Giants. The fact that they even looked a little bit competitive is still a little bit alarming, but there were a lot of bright spots, I thought, throughout the game. Um, I do think that Keely Ringo is going to evolve more and more. Um, I'm definitely waiting for Avante Maddox to be back. I mean, all the talk this week, of course, is probably for competitive reasons, I'm sure, but most likely he will be playing again uh, versus uh, Arizona this weekend at home at 1 o'clock at a normal football time is all the media people have been saying because we know that the media hates um they've been hating how much they've been going back and forth with these primetime games within two three weeks of each other or five days of each other um we should be thankful this year that the eagles were put on this much in primetime because that basically was saying that they were the team to watch but they also were coming off of the super bowl so we know that when you come off of the super bowl and you almost win it you are going to become the primetime target. Um, now, mind you, I'm glad that we're not one of those teams that are so horrific to watch that we have all these primetime slots that you don't know why. <laughs> and there are a lot of teams that had a lot of slots this year that probably didn't deserve them. Um, but it comes down to the same kind of bowl of teams that if they're not on the bubble, there's a lot of teams that are tied for wild card, if not in the hunt. I mean, it's starting, it's starting to narrow down even more so. I think that the biggest question mark this year has been Kansas City, surprisingly, now becoming nine and six. And knowing that with Eric Bieniemy in Washington and their team, obviously not anywhere close to making it, do we have to talk about how important offensive coordinators are to an effective, consistent run game, offensive scheme, all that? Andy Reid... Um, always called the shots here in Philly. But with him and KC, he now has two rings. Granted, he had the enemy then. Now he doesn't have the enemy. And now this team has been losing three games in a row. Now the Eagles just got off of their skid and finally got their butts up to win 33 to 25 um, against the Giants in their black unis. But the reality is it was probably the best game offensively that they've done pretty much all year, which is sad because usually around this time of year with them only having three games left, you usually don't really need to even see the full offense this much. The fact that they need to play all three of these games is saying a lot about this season. It's also saying that, I don't know, you start to think maybe last year was a fluke, but I don't even want to go there because I just also think that a lot of the players that they're no longer there played key roles that without them being here now, is exposing a lot of um, deficiencies 
on both offense and defense. The obvious thing to bitch about, like we've been bitching about all season, has been the coordinator switch, which probably wouldn't have been a bad thing if we had seen any improvement um, after the first, like, what, six or seven games. Um, even when the Eagles were 10 and one, I think a lot of us were still kind of talking at the sides of our mouths about how it doesn't look right and how Jalen doesn't look right and how increasingly frustrated AJ Brown became. All of these things have tied down to why they are 11 and four, not the worst record in the world, but seeing that my boy Lamar and them are now 11 and three and we're not, um, to see that Dallas just got beat um, and Ravens beat San Francisco. It just shows you that anything can happen. Um, this is definitely a week to week league. Not that we didn't think that even with the Eagles were good last year. It's just that there were a lot of things that worked in the Eagles favor, even when they ended up losing that one stupid Washington game due to carelessness and fumbles and stuff like that. The fumbles have definitely um, eaten away at any kind of progress this year due to Jalen's fumbling, due to any other team's fumbling. I mean, any other member of the team's fumbling, but especially Jalen's because he is normally, um, he's usually supposed to be the most consistent um, of the offense. Um, offensive line has gone through a lot of shifts, but considering how Suopeta has stepped in when, you know, either uh, Lane was down or, um, Jurgens was out for a while and they had to use, um, I think they even used Moro Jomo at one point, but there are a lot of players that have subbed in for where normally um, backups usually don't help. <laughs> they make it worse. I mean, I always, you know, once they put in that, um, that one lineman every time they put him in and I told Eddie this last uh, pod that I was not excited about him being the emergency backup, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. He actually got better. Uh, within that game, even though they still lost against the Seahawks. But um, with Lance out this past uh, weekend, it didn't really it didn't really do anything, but the timing was, was clearly off, especially with Kelsey getting another false start. And there were just overall issues with Melata for a while. So even though the O-lines and the D-lines sometimes get shuffled around when they're missing players, um, they're able to reset and not necessarily always dictate a win or a loss, but clearly the other things that don't help, you know, um, DBs not being able to get picks and they've had opportunities. Um, even with Slay out after he got his knee cleaned, which I have an issue with his timing and choosing to do that. Um, whether or not it had to do with Matt Patricia taking over Desai's job um, is honestly remains to be seen. We'll never really truly know that answer because no one's ever gonna put that out there. Um, I just think it comes right down to when things shuffle, they have to adjust quicker. And sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. Uh, the three game losing streak was basically uh, lack of effort, uh, fatigue and fumbles, um, interceptions. Um, the interception just happened with Goddard and Hertz was just a result of Goddard slipping. I mean, Goddard fit back in just like he normally does. Um, there was a little bit of chatter I know about them. People saying he wasn't blocking as much or well because you know, he's trying to still watch out for his forearm. But um, at this point with Goddard still kind of ailing, but not really. Um, I think that he's more of a passing liability as opposed to a blocking now, because that's why I assume Calcaterra got some love this past uh, 
Sunday's game because he, I mean, Monday's game because he definitely uh, helped when it, <laughs> when a play went to crap because, you know, a high snap and Jalen had to go and fight for it. And he threw the ball, looked like he was going to throw it away. Calcaterra got it just in time to get the first down. The awareness that Calcaterra had to have in that weird, really awkward moment was definitely complimentary. Um, and then he also got some key first downs. Um, even with Goddard available, that was a good look. Um, Stoll came in handy at times, maybe not shining as bright as Calcaterra for that game. But the point is, as much as the tight ends try to be um, helpful, I still don't understand why they're not using Albert, Albert O at all. Like they were saying that we got him for speed and all this other stuff. But who knows, again, why that's not the same issue with Penny. You know, Rashad Penny, they haven't used him except for one time. And after he couldn't block at that one moment um, for, for Jalen that one time, we never saw him again. So they, this coaching staff has these issues that are clearly starting to show in game time. And they're clearly showing afterwards when they really try to avoid questions or talk around things. And it's getting to the point where you just, it's showing an embryonic development of coordinators right now because of the switch, not having, um, Gannon not having um, Shane Steichen anymore. I really think the one we miss obviously out of both of them is Shane. But at this point, do we? Because here I was naively going against, going for Brian Johnson because he already knew Jalen. But what we're learning <laughs> is that Johnson is not very good at adjusting in the middle of the game with the offensive scheme. And the offensive scheme uses a lot of personnel that have shown that wide receiver screens and all those things don't really help if you don't have good enough personnel at that moment. If you're subbing people for other players that really were doing fine in the first half of the game, and then you suddenly put somebody else in there, which doesn't make any sense. You know, we got to question why we use Boston Scott after uh, Britton Covey made some wonderful returns last game. And then all of a sudden Boston Scott was in there. And then the accident between him and, uh, and Oz happened because Oz got pushed in the back and ran into Boston Scott, which caused a fumble for the Giants. So they were able to score a second time. But these kind of errors haven't happened with special teams. Special teams have stood up a lot. And considering how they lost um, Sean uh, Bradley in preseason, you know, a lot of guys who usually were uh, special teams uh, experts, should I say, or extraordinaires. Um, we all know that Sean, whether he gets back on the team or not, or if they decide to use him as a trading block, Next year, I don't know what, how many years he has left on his contract, but I know that if he was supposed to be a backup linebacker, he really um, wasn't someone they were considering using again because they haven't really put him in that position in a while. Um, I really feel like the issue, again, is exposing Howie's decision to not value the linebacker position more than ever now. Um, before they could hide it, you know, they obviously had other players on the outside that at the time could fill that void, namely one of them being Avante and Slay. Now, if they don't have Slay next year, I'm fine with that too, but they definitely have to get a veteran corner. I don't know if Bradbury is going to last another season because I think what he's shown this year is his ineptitude to adjust on the fly. His timing is off. Right after they paid him for some reason, he did not seem as valuable as he was when they you know, got him mid-year last year. Um, I don't know what changed. I don't know if that's obviously part of the coordinator issue as well. A lot of things you want to question Brian Johnson for why they're not gelling on offense, but there's also 
There's also just the process of change not always working for everybody. Change is not good for most people. I'm not good with change. I can imagine what it's like for most of the wide receivers now, especially with Oz kind of outplaying Quez, even though when Quez was in there, he, he really didn't make much of an impact. Sometimes things uh, open up for other players and close for others and close for some. Because at this point, what Brian Johnson's coordination has shown is that they're not really coordinated. <laughs> it has shown that both the offense and the defense are yards apart. But the defense hasn't really been any better simply because now, you know, Jalen Carter hasn't really had really good games lately. Um, he hasn't been making that much impact like he was earlier in the season. Don't know if that was because of the decide switch as well. Um, they haven't been getting a hardly any sacks. They were lucky that they got the one um, last week against DeVito, but they didn't get any against uh, once they put uh, his replacement in there, which I forget who it was. I'm blanking. I'm probably going to remember as soon as I stop recording. But the point is, it's been hard to get sacks for the defense. It's also been hard for the DBs to recover picks without it being a fumble that bounced their way. Um, speaking of Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter obviously got that that one um, lucky return uh, from Dallas, but that was the only one little gift they gave them because obviously Dallas won that game. But that was a rare happening uh, prior season, uh, Josh Sweat had got a pick off a deck. Um, so it became, you, you kind of thought if it was happening again with Carter, that that was a sign that they were going to turn things around and beat the giant, uh, beat the Cowboys and it didn't happen. So there are things that not following through not finishing the plays. Um, I think that's some of the wide receivers issues too. I think sometimes AJ may not be on the same page with Hertz. I think that sometimes even Devonta, same thing. Although I feel like Devonta has been getting more beat up this year as well. Um, AJ just had an injury uh, Monday night, but I think also he was injured before that because he didn't seem as quick um, breaking off from people as he did. So who knows? With any guys who work as hard as all of our wide receivers do and all of our offensive guys as well as defensive guys work, you could have injuries that stem from just a simple weight day, um, you know, maybe warm-ups. Maybe you tug something when in warm-ups that you didn't want to be put on the injury list or you know, pulled back. So you just went through it. There's a lot of reasons why guys could suddenly come up ailing out of nowhere in the middle of the game. And you had no idea where the injury started. I mean, we're still racking our brains as to how Jalen even hurt his knee to begin with. You know, we want to pinpoint the first game. We want to pinpoint the second week, you know, the, the Vikings game. We don't know when it happened, but because it's not evident exactly when it happened, the point is he's been not running as much unless he has to, because that's how also stagnant the offense has been. So if you've ever noticed him taking off, it's usually because he sees a clear lane or he's getting impatient with waiting for wide receivers to be open. So he just goes for it, which I've noticed is what pissed me off a lot this season with Jalen. He does seem more, more impatient, which to me goes back to the reason why the offensive coordinator has become such a target of such vitriol because we fans are seeing with our eyes this very stagnant offense. And we thought that if someone who knows Jalen's tendencies why would it be hard for him to direct the whole offense as a whole? But it's a totally different position when you're just a QB coach as opposed to an offensive coordinator, especially if probably in your other ear you're hearing the coach correct you on something you didn't you set up that he didn't like or vice versa, you know, or if you're telling him like, well, this is what we talked about and the scenario just didn't work out. 
you know, coach has to go up there and say, well, that was all me, you know, but in reality, it could have been all Brian. But, and that's one of those areas too, that we can't even really pinpoint either because, you know, clearly Sirian is reacting to every play, but you don't necessarily see a, you know, uh, a plan right in front of his face, but you see him looking down and stuff. You see him pointing, you know, you see him apparently this Monday, he was yelling at other coordinators when he saw players coming back to the field. There was a lot of confusion going on. And it seems like even throughout all, there's just a bad vibe going through um, these last four weeks. I think the grind of having all those games in a short am amount of time, I think also too, there's just a lack of trust developing in this uh, squad as a whole, you know, offensive and, and defense. I don't know if Matt Patricia exactly is working per se, but I mean, how much more do we think he's going to be able to help this late part in the season when to us fans, it might look like no different from what Desai seemed, you know, the players have to execute what they want them to do. And if the players' instincts are off or not understanding what the coordinator wants them to see, then you'll have plays that just don't make any sense or you'll have plays that are half-ass half executed, you know? Like sometimes you just don't understand why, you know, that player was there when why was the one who clearly had the advantage, you know? Um, Sometimes I do, I, I still will always say that Hertz will throw when he wants to throw. I don't think he always follows the plan. I think it also, how can you coach somebody who goes by instinct? If he feels like he knows where his, his wide receiver is, or if he doesn't, he's going to either run and get out the pocket before it collapses, or he's going to just try his luck and, and QB draw. Yes, they work sometimes, but I do believe sometimes he was also forcing it. And I think that was kind of obvious. Um I didn't watch any of the latest pressers today because I wasn't really interested because at this point it's like, guys can't say anything more. Um, there's people are trying to drum up the whole, you know, Gannon's going to be coming back to Philly, but Gannon won't be a threat. It'll be if the Eagles decide to overthink the way they execute plan and lose to the Cardinals. I don't see the Cardinals being a threat. Um, even if Kyler Murray gets 400 yards, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. Um, I think what Jalen's also probably learning is that he does not have to bulk up, you know, 200 to 300 yards. Sometimes a game sometimes doesn't require his arm to, to be thrown, throwing that much because clearly you can make it worse when you keep throwing and there's nothing out there. If there's one thing from all these four losses is that every loss was annoying for a different reason. The Jets game, they were just not with it from beginning to end. They only had one really good series in that whole game and then everything else just pretty much blew up in their face. Um, so clearly there was just no prep done or no prep taken seriously for that game. Um, and then the last three, uh, San Francisco just beat them. I mean, they let them in and then they just continued to snowball. Um, and then Dallas, I think, was just a result of the fatigue from the 49ers game and probably also just not taking Dallas seriously for whatever reason. Um, and, and and possibly just because the earlier game they won and we were down some more players. So I think they just had more of an advantage. Plus Dak was playing a lot cleaner at this point, you know, and within those three weeks skids. So I just felt like it kind of just leaned to Dallas no matter how you looked at it. Um, they still could have won. I mean, every game they could have won um, that they lost, but that's, what makes it 
annoying on top of everything else is that even the games that they should have won, um, you still questioned even the wins, you know, because not every win was sexy. Not every win was like dominating. Um, they didn't beat anybody in double digits. You know, every game was like within a touchdown or at least like eight points. So I think that's another thing. They're not really taking it to this limit and beyond like they were last year. But hence, you go back to the coordinator. If they're not trusting what they're seeing, if they're not trusting the philosophy that these coordinators are um, trying to put out there for them, you know, then it doesn't matter how they win. If they win and they're just happy they're winning, that's kind of a red flag because that they're basically saying, we're just trying to survive the season and go home. Like <laughs> they're saying, we're not going to do it right now. This is not going to be the year. And I'm okay with finally admitting out loud, they're not going to the Super Bowl this year. I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, like I want Lamar to get MVP at this point. Um, I mean, clearly Hurts is not really Hurts this year. Um, but I also think that uh, part of his ego is getting hit a lot this year with how easy and how difficult it has become to maintain sanity and consistency and humility throughout this weird process they're going through right now. But I think that Lamar has also been in the trenches long enough to not at least try to get one good year under him where he can possibly get over the the hump that he did during his his first full year after he was a rookie that got him the MVP. So I I totally understand the that Christian McCaffrey is a possibility or Tyreek Tyreek Hill, all those people out there who aren't QBs who could possibly be an MVP candidate. I get it. Um but I definitely am rooting for Lamar when it comes between him and Hurts. And if Hurts is clearly not going to be the same guy, if this team is not going to be that team that gets them to Vegas, then I root for Lamar. And, you know, I'm still Hurts Brown all day. Um, but I just think right now we're just seeing the other sides of being a competitive team to being a growing and developing new team. And I should have known from beginning videos when, you know, OTAs were starting and training camp was starting. When they first even showed uh, uh, Coach Sirianni discussing having to deal with taking new roles and stuff like that, I kind of had a hint that that was probably not going to be good, <laughs> that he even included that um, to be shown on the video because, you know, this is not the city that handles change good at, at all. So, but it was, it was fitting to say it because the obvious change was going to be the coordinators because they were the major switches and we weren't sure we, we there was no way we would honestly know whether or not this team was going to look different until actual game day um you know preseason doesn't really tell you much anyway you're just happy to see people we got a first little view of Jalen Carter and um DeAndre Swift but that was kind of a given that they were living up to their own hype but now that this team is finally, as they always like to say, faced adversity, um, I think what Brock Purdy just recently said in, in the 49ers' last uh, recent loss was that, you know, you have to look yourself. We always hate looking in the mirror stuff too, but it is true. Who are you trying to be? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, can you handle not being the man at this moment? And I think that all those questions he had said in his presser, I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but for the most part, he was asking the right questions out loud during his presser because he was basically saying like, okay, now what, you know, are you going to just 
go to shit, just go to shit, just because you're not comfortable losing, or are you going to actually pinpoint where you're losing uh, focus and and how you can stop the bleeding? Because this is exactly what the Eagles had to do this past Monday night. They had to figure out where they're not pushing and where they need to stop pushing. Because clearly, when QBs are frustrated, no different from Hurts and any other, you know, Josh Allen. Dak, all of them, when they start pressing, there's a reason because they're trying to overcompensate for something that's not working. And usually when you press, whether a QB or any other player, you know, it's almost like you might as well just like <laughs> running into a wall over and over again, because it's not going to, you can't make everybody play like you, you know? So if you're throwing a wide receivers and you're just missing them, you're just going to miss them. You can't, you can yell at them. You can not talk to them, but it's not going to make the route work any better there are just some days you're just not connected and Mike Missanelli uh shout out to him because hopefully after the new year I will invite him to birds of a feather but I'm going to be doing my five questions podcast so it won't be birds of a feather it'll be five pods five questions but I'll be excited if that does develop so stay tuned to my channel um but anyway back to Mike Missanelli's podcast um which you can stream on Spotify as well he basically was talking about how this team is just disjointed and I agree the they're disjointed because there's a lot of a lot of things that they've never had to probably really deal with as a team until now and so where they thought that they could probably patch it up quickly or they could just switch certain ideals and it'll just fall into place and it hasn't that's where the frustration is coming from and now you're just looking at each at every player like I thought you could do this. I thought you could do this, you know, or the coach is like, you tell me this all the time, but look at what's happening, you know, and, you know, we're starting to see Sirianni, you know, emote. I mean, although he's been emoting since day one, so let's just stop acting like that's new. It may get on people's nerves, but I also think the this team is very vulnerable, so everybody can just pinpoint all the mistakes right now, but Sirianni is a coach for Philly simply because he is emotional. You know, we had years of Andy Reid, so you're welcome. Um, but I, with that said, if, if it continues to be like this into the new year next year, um, I don't see him lasting more than another season or so because I feel like every coach outside of Andy Reid has had like a three to five year term. And then if they're not producing quick enough, then because everything kind of reflects on Howie as well, because Howie at one point probably was on a short leash too until they just decided to re-up him just cause. Um, but that's also just familiarity. I mean, if there was even a slight chance of a new GM coming here, it would have to have been like, you know, whispered and chattered a while ago and, and there has been no candidates. So unfortunately, even if Lori was thinking of somebody to replace Howie, I don't even know if he's gonna be here <laughs> before that happens. It might be his son in charge by that time. So, but I digress. The point is just when things aren't working, they're not going to work any better if you force it. Um, as much as I'm happy for that win, there were a lot of good things outside of the lack um, of productivity on the on the defensive backside. Um, shout out to Sidney Brown too, by the way, because I do think he's gonna he's gonna get better. I do think he's starting to see he's kind of overcompensating by speed. We know he can hit people, but I think now he has to just he has to have targeted aggression. And I think the problem is now he's starting to rush past people. Reed is having a hard time just because he's in a space where he's not used to being, or at least without help. 
Um, clearly one of the Giants touchdowns was because he was out of position or he wasn't paying attention. And uh, I think sometimes some players just play based on who's usually around them. And if they don't have that player like Slay being out, maybe that kind of threw him off and that could have threw Keeley off or whoever was on that side. But one of those touchdowns was because of Reed. Um, and there's uh, special teams, like I said, had been doing great. Covey had been busting it out, almost took it past 40 yards. But to go away from him the rest of the game, I don't understand. Because unless he pulled something, I'd, they could have just kept having him return, you know, because eventually they were probably going to kick away from him anyway. But when they had Boston there, it's like I I give Boston at least two games where he eventually will 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 bust a return because he's done it before. Because um, he was like Sproles as a replacement. So the few times that he has busted, whether it's been pre preseason or just one random game toward the end, um, he can eventually get a punt return to TD. So they have to just decide if that was just worrying about fatigue or just them trying to be. <sighs> Cute, which I sometimes hate because there are times even at the red zone, this has been smacking them in the face all year. Stop being cute. Just stick to what you know. Stop switching personnel at the weirdest times of the game and making everything look stupid if it doesn't work. And then have to say something, you know, redundant and stupid at the end in your presser like, oh, we meant to do that or we should have done that. Yeah, you know, you should have done that. <laughs> You know, we're not going to sit there and act like on third and one, like you should never go for the tush push regardless or brotherly shove, whatever the heck they're still calling it at this point. But them missing that call annoyed a lot of fans as well, because that's usually where you stick it, you put it in there. And I think that they felt like they would try to get cute and throw. But I mean, knowing if you've been basically barely getting any kind of scoring going for a while, that's where you should have just stuck to what you know. And I think they have the problem of overthinking when they're considered predictable and when they're not. Because whether or not you know the fans are ready for it at that point, that's the thing to do. I'm sorry if it looks boring, but they're calling you predictable as a whole, not when certain plays, <laughs> certain plays, especially the tush pushes, which you're known for, you're the only team that does it successfully. So that to me is nothing wrong with being predictable for that. If that's, if that's the move that works for you and no one can stop it, be predictable. But when it comes to just the screens and trying to do these wide tosses to the right or letting Jalen just run throughout like three, four plays when all he had to do was just freaking throw, across, not even across his body, but check down or whatever, it's stuff like that is predictable. Like you don't know what to do from play to play, so you just stick to the same stupid things that you think people aren't going to believe you're going to do. No. <laughs> Keep running the ball. Or just throw, you know what I mean? Like, because sometimes I think even Jalen gets in his head and feels like he has to do. That's why he messed up on running out of bounds recently in this last game because he started to overthink. And that's usually not even like him. He usually just either runs out of bounds and does it even if he didn't have to, or he just takes it to the hole. Um, and that was the one moment where he overthought it. And I think he realized it. And that that was why it was so easy for him to be like, that was my bad because I don't, I don't know where my brain went. But that alone is so uncharacteristic of him. So, yes, they are disjointed. I do like that word. Um, let's see how they look. I, and I shouldn't even say, let's see how we look. They're going to look the same. There's going to probably still be those annoying plays. There's obviously plays that they just don't know how to divert from when they don't have an answer. If they're not the scripted plays, they're really spitballing. And you can always tell. It's usually in the third quarter when they start having that lull. 
that they start putting in stupid stupid personnel at the weirdest times. Although, shout out to Kenny G because he was he was he was up in there. You know, there was a lot of plays that normally I would have said just keep the ball at DeAndre, but they throw KG in here and and like they said, if he didn't execute, it would look stupid, but he did, and it it helped helped him score. Um. So yeah, there are times that their stupid plays could totally be avoided, and there seems to be a confusion as to when or not they do this play and use this person. That's the stuff that they got to get out of, you know, and I'm glad that we're still in regular season because maybe these are obvious kinks that they can work out before playoffs. But I mean, I, I don't think any fan would disagree of saying one and done because that's how I feel. I feel like one and done and I'm, fine with being wrong but I I have to keep it funky and just say that right now this team is not giving me you know 13 and 4 and I want more you know what I mean it's giving me we'll see (laughs) it's giving me we will see because I do not I do not see them having to go through San Francisco and winning in San Francisco at all you know if they do it'll only be because there's injuries and because Purdy's not working right, period, you know? Now, mind you, if they <laughs> if they knock Purdy upside his head again, we might have a shot. But even then, you still got you still got Dweebo, you know, and you still got uh, Kittle, and you still got, um, what's his name? Bosa, you still got uh, tons of players. Ayuk, there's tons of weapons they have there, you know? So there's no really shutting them down unless they have that many more injuries by the time playoffs roll around. Because other than that full force right now, our team cannot handle them. And they love that because they got their just reward coming here and beating up on us. So let's not be shocked if they go against San Francisco first round and they're out. Let's just embrace reality. It doesn't have to be negative. It can just be realistic. But in the meantime, fly goes fly all day. And, you know, bird gang up in here. Um you know, I'm always going to root for my birds and I'm always going to root for the Ravens as my backup team because everybody should have a backup team. Um, it's just been a long time since we've been having an early exit feeling. And, you know, once you can't finish off, you know, a Super Bowl that you won six years ago, it's like five years ago, excuse me. You just start getting that feeling that it's even harder to go back. And it is. And we're not even playing. And I think us fans know that. So you can, t- you can imagine what the players feel, especially now that everything's changed so quickly. You know, they, I'm sure there's a lot of them are thinking like, we're not going to get back now because this whole mentality has screwed up this whole team. I'm sure some guys are spiraling mentally. They just don't want to say it, but you have to keep acting like every week is a new opportunity. And it is, you know, come Saturday, they could look like the Saturday. What the heck am I doing? Sunday. See, all the switching of times and games is annoying me. Um, They could totally look like a team that wants to ignore (laughs) these last three losses. You know what I mean? So they could come out with their hair on fire. You know, I don't think Gannon will be part of that motivation. I think it'll be more for the media and for fans to talk. But I, I, I really think now that they've gotten that win uh, from Monday night, They'll probably be a little fatigued. It'll probably start off kind of slow, but I have a feeling by like fourth quarter, it might be another 30 plus or win. 
I mean, 30 points for them, not total. <laughs> I think that they're going to win in the 30 point range somehow, but um, you can say it's just the Cardinals. They also play the Giants again the following week, and Jalen may not even have to play all that game. It might be Mariota. Um, but whether or not this is a very impressive last part of the stretch, it doesn't matter. They just have to win. That's the focus. Now I'm going to go watch the Sixers with a Embiidless team. They're now on uh, two games, um, two game losing streak, but they're 20 and eight right now in their division. So if they do lose again tonight to the Magic, I'm just going to say, I mean, they have at least what 50 or so more games. So Embiid's been playing his butt off so far. He's he's basically squeaking into MVP status again. So if he gets some days off for a bad ankle, I'm not even going to be mad at him anymore because at this point, I think he's proven everybody that he still loves to play this game. And I'm sticking to what I felt this early this year. It's like, I'm not going to get excited about them. I'm just going to be happy for every win, but I'm keeping arm's length away from hoping past playoffs. I really am. Unfortunately, we have this theme with our teams right now that we can't trust them past a certain point, but so be it. Just, Appreciate every day like you should in general in life, you know, don't take each day for granted. Just be thankful. Namaste. And with that, since my co-ed wasn't able to get on, I have a feeling he'll probably text me later and say, I missed your text. But if he doesn't, it's fine. Birds of a feather, AJ, Suburban Princess, I'm out. We'll be back, I'm sure, this weekend to discuss the win. And if not, I'll be back. So, Hope you enjoyed your holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Today is the principle of Kujitakalia, which is self-determination. So I hope you were determined enough to get through your work day and vacation day. And uh, yeah, we're about four, four days away from 2024. How about it? All right. Thanks for watching. Either way, birds of a feather, AJ's from Princess. I am out. Holla.